Welcome to the Mondo Neon Show. Argon, Neon, Helium, Xenon, Krypton. Transform and roll out. Max on Mondo Neon. I am with uh, a really great artist, Alice B. Wilder, who um, really showcases a, a very interesting take on uh, female art, uh, really opening things up to neon as well as a lot of the areas uh, showcasing her work is kind of a multifaceted approach. She's done a lot of different work, obviously traveling with her work, but thanks for ultimately being on the show. Thank you so much. It's an absolute pleasure to be here, Max. And wow, thank you for the intro. I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, no worries. The kind of, we were talking earlier about the show before it came on kind of what real neon is versus you know, what people are assuming neon is artists kind of generally have this idea of what they work in, but your work is very personal. Mm -hmm. um, it deals with, uh, you know, like a, a, a whole female aspect to it, um, like personal parts as well as just you're opening <laughs> up the discussion between uh, erotic art, I would assume, but really I don't want to call it that because I think it's a little more deeper than that, but showcasing your work is taking you on sort of this trip what i initially assumed was just sort of a general take on neon realizing that it was much more kind of a, a full take on you know traveling the country with your work um and just having it be this really personal side of you whereas you were kind of like okay let me just share this with everybody what you know speaking of sort of this you call it genital electric but mm -hmm. I think it's more about sort of simultaneously presenting a personal side of your work, but also exposing it to a larger following. I guess what I'm trying to say is that when people are familiar with your work on IG um, or anyone guessing on what it's like to kind of surprise and delight your followers, whether it's going to be a personal writing expose on what you're doing creatively, what was the transition, I guess, for you to do this type of work? Was it... Um, you know, always a long list of things that you wanted to present in your art, or was it something that you had, you know, kind of how did Neon come into that as well? So, oh, that's a really good one. Oh, shoot. Um, right off the bat, Max, wow. <laughs> uh, so Neon has been kind of in my life for a long time, and I've always been sort of enamored by it. Um, and even in when I was in college, I, I really wanted to study it and go in that route, but I didn't I sort of turned and went in the like photographic route for a while and did a lot of 2D art as opposed to like physical glass making and, and all of that and sculpture. But um, I think like genital electric really just kind of came out of this, you know, need for my own self-exploration. Um, like I, when I started it, I, I really had no idea where it was going and I had no idea like, a year later, I would have taken the piece across the country and stopped and like literally showed my like neon vulva to like the public across America. Um, it was really just this like, you know, I, I had started doing, um, started reading for myself. I'd come off of birth control for like, I had taken it for like 10 years um, and finally came off of it and was dealing with all of these like hormonal changes and like just turning 30 and you know there's all of this um 
you know, life change, things that you're realizing as you turn 30. And I'm like, well, shit, like, I don't actually know much about my body and how it functions. So for my own need, I like went digging deeper. And a friend of mine recommended that I read a book um, called Come As You Are, uh, which really dealt with, you know, female genitalia, female pleasure, um, and just women's health and kind of talking about how it really, it really illuminated this area in my life that I didn't have any real um, understanding of and knew that I needed to understand, you know, like felt so disconnected from my own body. Um, and I think the neon just sort of came from the illumination of it. It was like, I was becoming illuminated. Like I understood more about myself and what pleasure was and like, what that meant for me or, you know, what my vulva looked like for the first time I was looking at it at 30. And it was just this, the neon just lent itself so perfectly to the, you know, the sexy glass tubes and this, like, there is this draw of that light with the neon that it's like, like moths to the flame kind of, it really, it's very exciting. You know, all the gas inside is very excited and it just kind of, it felt like the right way, you know, at some point I was sitting there painting pictures of my vulva and I was like, man, this, how would this look if it was like lit up on the wall? And like, what would happen next if, you know, it wasn't just my vulva, but it was like many vulvas and we could see the differences and all of that. So. Also too, I think you're partaking in something, everything is sort of exhibitionist in a way, I think not in a bad way. Um, mm -hmm. I think making art can be slightly nebulous, you know, you're kind of in your own world, but it's interesting when you, um, I think similar to public art, uh, you're now inviting a lot of people in, similar to what a gallery would do, but more so you're just the everyday person. I think neon has always been about people who can, you know, walk by and see something interesting. And ultimately mm -hmm. the podcast, I think has turned a lot of people into, conservationist efforts but mostly just to sort of understand this neon thing is something that's here to stay it's been there it's ingrained in our culture but it's also on the side of you know buildings and walls and you know in windows um you know and it's also forced people to kind of understand those concepts but also um it's atmospheric right like there's a lot of sort of you mentioned energy or you know it, i don't know if you can get very specific about it but was there something that you look back on when you did make the neon? Were you already sort of claiming this as like, okay, I'm gonna go out there and show it because maybe explain to, to listeners, you know, when you made the piece, you know, what was that transition point where you were like, okay, I'm gonna go on the road with this. Like this could be, um, you know, a multi-state thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, actually the, the tour was sort of a last minute, um, decision I had uh, I've been so the, the project you know borders these different things there's questions about like what is real neon you know we have a lot of LED neon coming up and um, there there's this push for the LED versus the real neon and glass and um, but there's also the project borders like the erotic versus the you know what what is public art what could be public art and and the format of it, because it's so disembodied and the like kind of erotic nature is sort of taken out of it. Um, it's, yeah, it's like. Was it challenging, I guess, also too, is to create the piece. I think it's also, 
setting it up and taking things down, there's a kind of, yeah. you know, neon isn't necessarily the easiest thing to um, partake in, meaning like you can't just throw it up on a wall. Right. Um, but I think you did it in a pretty interesting way. Um, you had kind of at least a, a mission statement that goes with it. Um, and I think people, were there different places that you visited that were inherently more interesting than others? Like, did you, or people, I think, probably watching or at least listening to the piece and maybe from afar and then kind of came up to you? Like, what was that process like? So, yeah, the setup was, we took the piece, like, originally I wasn't going to take it on on tour. That that whole last minute thing, we planned in, like, two weeks, I think, and we were like, okay, well, now it's not going to sit in a space. It's going to travel, and we need to be able to move this, like, very fragile piece of glass, you know, in and out of these public locations, have a really easy setup with just two people, um, it's myself and my partner kind of setting it up in every location. And I, it takes us about 20 minutes to do the setup. Um, and so we, we built a crate, you know, to travel with it and, and painted the whole box pink. And um, it, was, it was interesting bringing it into these public spaces where, you know, like the first night on tour, we're taking it to Washington Square Park and uh, we're crossing the street with just this like, huge it's like a four foot long box that's pink and it just says like electric pussy party across it and you know everybody's looking and wondering what it is and people come by and ask what it is until you set it up and you know they're like oh what is this what are you gonna do and it's it's that curiosity they stay far to start or they like ask a quick question but it it was when the light turned on that it was like this space that had been created so um, people would feel comfortable kind of coming up and asking these really deep questions or starting these deep conversations, you know, when you're kind of out there putting your whole, you know, basically your whole body on display, you are, I'm out there talking to people like, yes, this is a self-portrait of my vulva, uh, in four foot tall neon tubes, you know, lit up. And it was, it was the space for the conversations that, that I created that was the most surprising to me. And the way that people just instantly felt comfortable um, talking with me about some really deep topics of like body shame and, you know, female sexuality. And I met countless people who just were either so curious or, you know, had never realized that all vulvas were different um, in, I, I'm just like, I was in awe of the people who just were, came up to me and shared stories with me and um, people that were, you know, just so intrigued. <laughs> and and there's, there's some really part. cool video too online of you guys, uh, I was it you, but your partner mm -hmm. doing sort of the setup, but also sort of the interesting video part about it is there's kind of a documentation, which I call out to artists a lot of times. Mm -hmm. um, I just like the roguelike fashion of, you know, going out there sort of guerrilla style and, you know, presenting people. There's an innate, I think, charm, but also certain cities really are world famous cities, specifically New York, but also I think some of the other cities. But what I think is interesting probably are those conversations with kind of smaller cities, which are not inclined to maybe exhibit this type of work or not necessarily used to, I wouldn't even necessarily call it edgy. I just think it's sort of... Um, 
you know, interestingly organized, you know, it's earnest, but it also, you have to reveal a certain amount of trust for the viewer to kind of understand, okay, is this thoughtful or is this just, you know, a gratuitous display that somebody else wants to force. And I think emotionally it does keep you from, you know, just assuming it's something that people are going to throw up there for, for shock value. I think, you know, the mm-hmm. opportunity is you can't resist it. One or the other people are going to possess a certain quality about it or express themselves in a certain way. Um, but art has its place, I think, in the broader context. Historically, obviously, we've had a lot of different artists, you know, investigate, you know, the topic of sort of what that personal, you know, simultaneously emphasizing what's important to them. But, you know, what is it, what does the body mean? You know, what are we speaking to, you know, versus okay, I'm just going to throw up some images. I think we've long admired certain aspects of, you know, that approach, but, you know, following in the footsteps of sort of that male dominated artistic world, I think others, especially females would probably really appreciate, you know, something like this, you know, where they're kind of constantly, you know, like I said, being told what, you know, what is this, what is that versus this, this kind of media approach. I think people yeah. are relying on their own instincts where they already kind of knew it, but they need somebody else to come out there and sort of personalize it, or at least kind of show them a different way of looking at it. Does that make sense? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it reminds me of like, we, we stopped somewhere in Amarillo, Texas. Do you know Cadillac Ranch? Uh, it's like a roadside attraction off of Route 66. Um, but it's all these like old Cadillacs just uh, nose down in, in the dirt, in the middle of the desert. Um, and it's a place where people can come by and uh, spray paint. So they're just covered with layers and layers of years of spray paint that people like made their mark. And um, it was so nerve wracking setting up the piece in Texas, you know, like a very conservative state. And especially with all of the um, conversation about abortion that's been happening there recently. Um, but people were still so open to it. Um, And that's a place that like attracts people from all over the country. Um, And there was a woman there who just was just like, wow, I've never seen anything like this before. And I'm from like a small town in Oklahoma and drive in California. And, you know, my, they said that, you know, people were a little different out here and I wasn't expecting to hit it in Texas, you know, social differences in Texas I was not expecting that and so like we caught people off guard but it was still with this like pure curiosity that people came over and asked questions and like some people thought that that was just the light that they set up for people at night to come and like spray paint the cars and I was like oh no like I'm actually here doing a you know my own guerrilla art show as we go and we talked about you know, everything from sexuality to like even censorship, because that's a whole other aspect of this project that I've been sort of, that, that kind of inspired the road trip to begin with. Yeah, it's interesting too. It's neat to see, you know, even places that I've been seeing referenced online. Um, and I think people understand what, you know, I guess there's good things to working in neon and light, you know, specifically you could show art in the dark. Um, and I think people are sort of, you know, this afraid of the dark situation. I think that neon plays an important role in sort of illuminating these ideas. I think it's inspiration, but it's also nourishment at a difficult time. I mean that by way of COVID, right? Like where people are not necessarily easily 
kind of attracted to larger groups. I think that it also is somewhat probably healing in a lot of ways for people to kind of come together, even if it is social distancing or whatever you want to call it, but to be able to go see art and not be sort of confronted with this idea of, you know, what is art? You know, a lot of people find it difficult to manage that conversation. Um, especially people who are not from sort of an art background, they just sort of assume, well, I don't know what it is. So I just assume I don't know, but I think what's cool about sort of the trip, or I guess you could say the tour, or what are you going to call it? Is that a lot of, a lot of people wouldn't necessarily have seen that had it not been for, you know, you showing up with your work mm -hmm. and, and sort of displaying it, you know, in a way that's, you know, tasteful, but it's also, you know, if they want to ask questions, they can, otherwise, you know, you don't have to partake. You could just, you know, walk by or whatever. Um, it seems like people really kind of gravitated towards that feeling. I guess, how did it feel to, you know, condense everything into sort of one moment? Did you kind of have time to reflect as you traveled about with, you know, with this sort of neon genital type of uh, artwork as you kind of you know, set it up, broke it down. Were there any moments where you had time to reflect on what just happened or was it afterwards? Yeah, I, so bringing the piece around and having all, because it was such a fast trip and so many different kinds of locations, I, I mean, I was overwhelmed absolutely by just the feelings. I, I think I underestimated, you know, the amount of energy that goes into presenting a piece of art like that, but also the performative aspect of it. It really, you know, the piece, the project started as a digital project. And so by taking this digital art, you know, I had a collection of like, I think 20 portraits that I have done um, digitally before I was able to, before I took it into actual neon. Um, and by creating that like real life experience that people were so craving, I feel after last year, it was, it like really brought it into a whole different realm. And I think that like people just felt so, I think you're right. Like it really opened people up. It was this warm, inviting light that, that, you know, was curious. It was this real life thing. And the glow of the neon doesn't, you know, translate the same digitally as it does, like when you're right there in front of it, looking at it. Um, and so processing each piece, like even now I'm going through video footage, right? We've done, we're doing these vlogs along the way. Um, and we, we were really good about trying to document each place, like as I was doing it right afterwards, just to get those raw reactions. And even now looking back on it, like we took time in between, you know, we canceled some tour stops. Like we hit Memphis after three days of Nashville, which was just an electric energy, really like Nashville. I, I might want to move there, you know, after that, but like I hit Memphis and we were like, oh, okay, we're, we need to stay in the Airbnb tonight. We are ordering food and we're not leaving. Well, <laughs> just it's interesting because too, because you would think that would be exhausted. more kind of closed off maybe uh, were there any surprises I was going to say like stops along the way but I'm sure that was one of them um where you were surprised by the people I guess you encounter a lot of different folks that would maybe for the first time you know be seeing neon art in this way mm -hmm. um you know I guess being following your journey online is fairly easy but you know were they I guess that 
any surprise moments where you were setting things up or, or difficulties? I mean, I think a lot of people want to travel with neon, but were they, I guess, lessons learned that you would let people know that want to exhibit neon outside? <laughs> um, yes. If it rains, uh, just take a night off. <laughs> That's, I mean, we, we only ran into rain a few times. Um, and I, I think like the first few times we were most nervous just because we were transporting, you know, a piece of art that is glass. And literally if you hit, you know, the wrong kind of bump or like something happens, you could just literally end up with a box of glass. But after traveling, the part of our trip was along Route 66 and we saw so many old neons. Like I just, I mean, it was incredible to see them. Um, but also after so many years, you're like, oh my God, these have been out here for so long, you know, raining, shining, um, you know, and they've been, they've withstood time in such a way that they're, it's almost like a museum driving along the road there. So I started to feel much more comfortable um, with the piece and like, you know, by the end of it, we were setting up in like 15 minutes and it was easy to put it up and take it down. And we we're comfortable with moving it around. And um, I mean, we traveled with like foam padding and a, like a TV stand in order to set it up and make sure that it wasn't, you know, blowing over or, um, you know, hitting hard bumps. It had like enough padding and everything. So yeah, it's, it's incredible. Like, the amount of places that you went to and sort of maintain that, you know, that, cause I think there's a lot of people listening that probably have worked with neon or been around it, or maybe not at all, but maybe just find it very difficult to even, you know, set themselves up in a way for it to transport from A to B. <laughs> like, and it, it's great to see, you know, even with the sense of maybe I can get this done versus, you know, Hey, let's just go out there and, you know, travel about with this is that you mm -hmm. found, kind of a, a process for that um you know when you see people also too I think when you when you're putting it together I think people react um a, a handful of ways I think what do you think has changed since your visits you know I guess maybe the way that this work has affected you and maybe this hearing people like is there a, a sort of a part b to all this I think so um I'm not ready to, you know, this isn't the last thing I'm going to do. I, I think that from the beginning, I was nervous, you know, to put myself out there and I'm a very introverted person, um, to begin with. And so I'm more of like a quiet nights in with like a pint of Ben and Jerry's ice cream and a good movie. Um, and so really, I think this project and taking it on the road like that, talking to people about censorship and, and female sexuality and women's health and all of it, it really made me more of an open person. Um, and I think it just, it really showed me that there is, it's not just about my story, it's about everyone's stories. This is like a much more universal story than I ever realized when I started this. You know, I started my own journey, but um, the amount of people who have come back to me after either participating in the project or um, seeing it in real life uh, has just been overwhelming with positive, um, positive feelings and like hope for the future. And um, just, 
I, I want to be able to share more stories and, you know, help other That's people. The thing too is like people in galleries don't necessarily get to hear all of the responses to their work. Mm -hmm. I think that this approach is as highly unique in that, you know, the artistic landscape is affected by not only reception of work, but sort of this closed, I guess you could say, network of individuals that either purchase or support it. I think it makes some artists uncomfortable. What I would recommend, especially in this regard, is take other ideas and, and make them yours, whether it's a creative approach to viewing artwork. You know, like I said, this is unique in that, you know, you have the feedback um you know you don't get to you don't necessarily get to control the narrative either and that may be uncomfortable maybe that also is maybe some of the reasons why you might necessarily want to set out immediately um i think with people's work especially it's difficult to take all of that on um but that that's ultimately lies in the hands of the viewers um you ever find the artist that is like you know, it means this, it means that, but ultimately it's whatever everybody else thinks it means. You know what I mean? You, you don't get to decide what people think about your work. And that's very yeah, confusing. only control the conversation so far, right? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, at one point, it's just like, you got to put it out there. You ever find the artist that like makes a bunch of work and has never exhibited any of it? And just like, what is, I mean, if they're content and happy with that, and that's truly what makes them happy, that's fine. Um, mm -hmm. But if they're kind of struggling and sorting things out in their own head, it's like you have to, you know, take that next step. And and I think that's really a, a huge effort on your part to allow people into this very personal space, obviously, you know, content wise, but you know, being able to get information from them and, and make it relatable. Um, you know, also the words like gender and reclaiming, you know femalehood I mean for a lot of this it's it's a, it's a term but it's also I think self-identification comes along with that I think there's a lot of different terms and ideologies happening right now and I think people are kind of questioning like what does it mean to me like what's you know it's kind of similar to like Netflix like offering up whatever personal you know watch what you want on your terms you know it's kind of similar to kind of I think sexuality at this point where people are kind of gauging what's personal to them like what do they want to be known as you know I think a lot of people kind of probably images of that or at least ideas behind that might have come up, you know, where they never thought of that, you know, being an option or, you know, feeling like they could feel connected in a way, right? Um, yeah, I think it's a topic that isn't talked about enough and isn't, you know, I kept finding people who were just so thankful that they could have a conversation about this and that like someone was actually out there listening and wanted to know what like what their experience with shame was and or what their sexuality is and even though they're just exploring themselves you know we it, it became this conversation of like oh I've never heard of that but like I'm I you know someone would recommend me a book and then I would go read that book and then I would be fueled with more, you know, interesting things that I had learned about female sexuality and um, more things to share. And it just, it became a dialogue really like with the public. And um, I think there was something really special about those moments and the space that we created that you're right, would not have necessarily happened in a, in a gallery. And that was something that I, was aware of in a way when we started because 
I didn't ever really want it to be in a gallery to start. I just, I knew that it needed to get out there somehow, but that the gallery space wasn't the, the space, that it was a bigger story than that. And I think too, is like, even the locations that I was seeing was, it was, it was fun. It was kind of like checking out as in the feed that I would notice is that there's different places happening. Like I was almost like there's some sort of journey uh, to it as well, which was, which is interesting. Like, I think a lot of living artists could appreciate that. I mean, I think it, this, uh, you know, gives it um, a completely different context, right? Had it been in like a closed environment, it wouldn't even have taken on the same energy you know a lot of artists especially now they're exhibiting work outdoors like neon outdoors there's a handful of PMARs that come to mind that are you know that are that are doing things um uniquely outside you know mm -hmm. taking transformers and, and empowering them you know not necessarily on a wall or or even for a building right and I think it's giving a lot of people some you know, new ideas around um, just exhibiting neon in general. You know, it's it's always kind of been tied to an electric source, but I think you know, what's cool is that people can see different ideas or things, ways of getting things done. Um, and I think that's inspiring. I don't, I, I don't think that there has to be one way of doing things, which is neat. You know, there's different ways of um, realizing a project or uh, like you said, is you know, increasingly as the world becomes slightly more industrialized, um, you know, what is the future of art? I think everyone, you know, can use a little bit of dynamic, you know, <laughs> thoughtfulness. Um, sharing art has now become much more digital. Um, mm -hmm. But I also, I think that doubling down on sort of secondary ways of exhibiting work, you know, whether it's, you know, like I said, is even for finding new ways to do things, it, it will only help, I think, you know, flourish artists and careers further, not becoming attached to say an art dealer or one particular way to sort of hold on to your work, meaning like, you know, one path, one, one career path, or, or just for the sake of particularly making something enjoyable for the artist, it becomes much more sustainable. And I talk about sustainability on the show because that's what makes it, you know, long-term. You know, a lot of artists, I think, burn out over that. So good for you for finding sort of a new way of experiencing things. So thank you. Me, that's, that's a great takeaway. Um, I want to say, I absolutely agree with you on that. Like there shouldn't be just one rigid way to sell art, you know, through a, an art dealer and a gallery. It just felt so like sterile to me in a way to just put this piece of art on a white wall in a gallery it just it didn't feel right and it felt to me like there had to be other ways than this just like one way that we've been doing this for so long and and it really it really made me think in a different way you know I had to like come about it in a totally opposite way than just going down this gallery route but also too is I think it creates a lot of content on the back end I always tell artists that you know um you now have all these really, you were talking about working on a video, which probably will be my next question, which is like um, things you're working on now, like you're, you're turned home, I, I take it, but you know, there's a lot of really cool material I'm sure that you captured that wouldn't otherwise exist, right? Like it just wouldn't, wouldn't be there. Um, so true. Yeah. 
I mean, documenting the trip was, it was um, necessary, I feel, because the trip was so fast. Um, and because it we're bordering this, you know, digital world and like real life world, there's, you know, there's the real life aspect to it, but in order to really push it out there and share it, you have to be aware of that um, uh, digital aspect and how people are gonna consume the content after you've done the show, you know? Like I, we did the show in Nashville and it was like three weeks later, someone was reaching out to me saying, oh my God, I'm so sad that I missed this. When are you coming back? And it was that moment where I realized like the documentation of the whole thing was super necessary in the aftermath. And, and I've had a, a social media background before I even started this project. Um, I've been like doing social media managing for a few years now. Um, and it was the, like the knowing that I needed the content, but that the content only comes from those real world experiences that I couldn't just continue posting, you know, the digital drawings and, at some point this project had to become a reality, but, but it, I don't know, like the future of it is so interesting because it, it is this like vintage glass neon, there's, there's this connection to the past, but at the same time with the digital aspect, you know, I'm looking forward towards like NFTs and, um, you know, minting a collection of neon vulvas uh, digitally and, you know, so, it's interesting. Yeah, it's, a, it is, it's great to see kind of the work it kind of overlap. I, I do think that that's the right answer. I think producing, you know, one-off type things isn't necessarily the right, you know, isn't always right, but it, it, it sits well in that, you know, we're gravitating towards a little bit of everything. And, um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I think it's neat to see the digital work kind of be a singular jump off point. But also, you know, you're describing a lot of other things too. Like I said, a, a lot of different types of work um, can be made, you know, like I said, there's a lot of different, um, the entire world for that matter is now online. So it's great to hear stories of, you know, people reaching out to you um, and sort of this becoming a manifestation of a larger vision, whether it takes that direction or not, but what's unique is you're depicting it in other ways. Um, and I think it's sensible because not everybody consumes content at the same level. I mean, like some people just watch only video content and other people don't bother with social media. They just, they just travel to see work and that's how they, you know, recognize what they like to do, right? Like they'll just go into galleries. So it kind of goes back to what I said earlier. Like I said, I think it's it's a unique way of, you know, approaching things, but surrounding yourself with stuff you really like to do, you know, in that interpersonal relationship, you know, to all of that is really what drives it, right? Like I admire a lot of artists, but not as necessarily I'm going to do all those things. I just think operating in enough places will make you more, you know, chances of that things growing up or happening you know, occur even more. So I just think that, you know, I think your work's great. I think it has a lot of, you know, headroom, but any artists that want to come and approach you or even people that had seen the show, we'll put a link in the show notes, um, sort of final comments on that. Anything you're working on or you want people to know about? 
Yeah. Um, well, first of all, thank you, Max. It's been an absolute pleasure and I'm honored to be on this podcast. Um, I'm a huge fan. Um, and for anybody looking to follow along, um, I actually have the Seattle Erotic Arts Festival coming up in about a week. So the piece will be there. Um, and if they wanted to check it out online, uh, the website is genitalelectric.art. And after this festival, I'm, I'm hoping to build the rest of the collection in the next, like coming year or so. Um, we've thrown around a lot of ideas, you know, maybe doing like a Burning Man um, collection. I would love to see, you know, a collection of vulvas in the middle of the desert. That would just be such a trip. Um, but yeah, other than that, I'm working on minting my first NFT, I think in the next month or so. So definitely stay tuned for that. I don't know what the crypto world is going to be like for this, but it should be interesting. That sounds great. Yeah. Always promoting uh, NFT on the show too. So very excited when that comes together. Um, we'll definitely put some other links up there, but anybody that wants to be uh, in the know, check out the show. Alice, thank you so much uh, for coming on. And um, yeah, thank it's you. really great. Thanks so much. It's been awesome. Thank you so much, Max. Hey, guys. Hope you enjoyed that show. If you haven't done so, please leave us a review on your podcast aggregator of choice. We have a lot of great neon guests coming up. And as always, thanks for listening.